As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And then I say, no, I think it's very romantic. I love to think about your butt lips just going like, you know, it's very cute. It's very intimate. It's very sweet to me. I love you more than ever. Hello, hello, friends. You are in for a treat because today's episode of Overshare, which FYI is the podcast that you are currently actively listening to, is going to be. (laughs) Well, you never know. We might have new friends here, but what I was I was going to say, this episode packs a real punch of joy because our guest is one of our favorite people. I'm Jocelyn, and I am joined by my PIC, Lil. Hi. And we don't even usually tease that often that we have a guest coming. But you guys, this one you're going to want to stick around for because it is the one and only Jarrett Sleeper, which if you know who that is from our days at Clever, I don't it's impossible to actually describe Jarrett Sleeper in words. um, But I can only imagine this is going to be a doozy. We in the best not, way possible. Sometimes we record this intro after we've had the guest on and we have not done that today. I have no doubt though, however, what, what we are all about to witness and go through together will be something for the historical books. I Just am saying. interested to see what topics we touch on because there will be thousands. <laughs> um, but so before he joins us, shall we begin our podcast with our really positive over it segment? <laughs> Absolutely. So over it. What she said. So it's usually actually hard for me to come up with something I'm over to because, you know, not very many things really grind my gears. But I had something that I felt was just so rude that happened to me this week that I was just flabbergasted. That sounds like a word my mom would use, by the way. So I've gotten very deeply into Facebook Marketplace, which is very random. But I have begun to purchase a lot of used furniture for Chris and I's next flip project. And let me be the first to tell all of you that the only good thing about Facebook is Facebook Marketplace. I do not go on Facebook ever, but I'm on Facebook Marketplace probably three hours a day now because there are so many mid-century modern treasures on this part of the platform for literally $5. I don't even know where to start. So I was scoring some major deals this week. And then I came upon a mid-century modern coffee table that was round that cost $5. 
dollars. So I asked the lady like, Hey, can I buy this? And she's like, yeah, sure. I'm going to be home between eight and 10 AM. And I was like, great. I'll be there closer to 10. I drive all the way there, knock on the door. Okay. Which I don't even want to do. Like typically people just leave it on their driveway and you like Venmo them or whatever. Yeah. You know, so you're for $5. Yeah. Like- and so I'm like, where is this coffee table? What's going on? Um, I knock on the door. I see her look out the window at me and will not answer the door. Okay. So then I go back to the car and I send her a message on Facebook marketplace. And she's like, oh, I sold it to someone else. And I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, wait, so riddle me this. You told me you were going to sell it to me. And then I drove here and then you sold it to someone else. And she was like, whoops. Yeah. And I was so mad. I said, you know what I said? That was very rude of you. Which is really basically like me saying, go F yourself. (laughs) But what's wrong with people? I mean, I know it only costs five bucks. So it's not a big deal. But to me, it was more about the principle of of it. It was rude. (laughs) Wasn't that rude? She looked out the window and saw me too. And she was like, wouldn't come to the door. She was like scared of me, which I get it, COVID, whatever. But like she could have at least like DM me and been like, I already sold it. I'm just confused. It's not like this was like she was like taking the best bid. Like it's a $5 table. Why was she saying yes to multiple people? She listed it for $5. It wasn't like, oh, fuck. Well, if this person doesn't come, I can't just have this around. Like, no, what? no. And it was not even a big table. And she lived in a pretty big property. OK, so Chris was like, you better leave her a bad review. He was like so mad. But I haven't left the bad review yet. And I don't know if I I should. What do you think? Oh, I definitely think you should. Are you okay. <laughs> Gosh, I'm just so non-confrontational, but I sent her a message saying, you are rude. And she, cause, cause the main thing was, is like, to me, why you tell her Joss, why look out the window at me? Like she looked out the window at me, opened her curtain, looked at me and then <laughs> shut it. She was checking to see which of the five people she had offered to sell it to. It I don't know. And it's not like I look scary. I mean, I'm you You should see what I'm, I had on. I'm actually, I'm more concerned. Did you go alone? No, absolutely. I never do any business on Facebook Marketplace alone. Yeah, that's ever. What... <laughs> my dad has come with me. Okay. Um, my dad actually helped me score a pretty awesome piece once for my sister when I redid her office. Um, but yeah, I mean, all that to be said, I love Facebook Marketplace. And um, if you want to find me there, do it. If that's a thing people do. <laughs> Anyways. Oh my goodness. Um, what are you over? Uh, well, I could be <laughs> over a few things that I've thought of. Um, one being my... Uh, oh, then they're still up there neighboring it up. It, they're so it's terrifying. Like it got better for a while. And then it just, like the last two nights I've had people over... And I just like I sat there and I had a, I was pretty high and I had a moment to myself where I made myself giggle. Where I was like, I don't know if I would like if I had these two options, I don't know which one I would pick. If I could just know what they're doing and what is making all this noise, or if I could know what was going in, on inside Max's head. Ooh, that's how badly I want to that's know how because. Bad- that's you want how answers. Con- that's how confused I am because it does not make sense how that uh, it, they just never stop moving. Do you like, think we could like we know someone who could infiltrate their like friend group and somehow get into their apartment and get invited to one of these parties? I, it feels like a family situation and it's just like extended family that comes over. And I think there might be a kid so that like that would make sense why there's more right. stopping. But like in what world 
do you need to open a sliding door? And like, you've seen the apartment. Unless they're all hanging out in all the bedrooms too, the living area is not huge. Like they have the exact same floor plan as me. So why would you need to be opening and closing the sliding door to the balcony? I'm not kidding. I would say 40 times, at least in five minutes. I don't know unless they have like really like a lot of body temperature changes. Like I'm hot, I'm cold, I'm hot, I'm cold. And it's like, I get it if it was like, oh, I forgot something really fast, but it's like, it's every two. I'm like, just leave it open. Like, are you kidding? If everyone's going to be going in and out all the time, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. But here's what's interesting about what you just said. Let's unpack that. That comes in like second or tied with you wanting to know what's going on in Max's mind. That's a bold statement. That's how extreme this is, is like, I would do anything to know those head tilts. There's a lot going on in my dog's head. I need to know. It would give me more like peace and clarity in my soul to know what they're doing upstairs. Why don't we deliver, get some pizzas delivered to them? We'll have someone go to the door with the pizzas, obviously not go inside, but like kind of peek through the door and then report back to you. I know you have friends in the Domino's community. You have friends at Domino's. Didn't, wasn't there a girl who used to come to your front door and deliver oh, you pizzas for free oh, all the time? My, that was my old apartment. Because you had a fan who found out where you lived and she worked at Domino's and she would just like hook you up with pizzas. It would be like, she came like twice. It was the but first still, time I, I was like super sick and just looked haggard. And she was like, are you? And she's like looking at the receipt and she's like, it's you. Oh my God. And I'm like, bye. Like, oh my god! <laughs> and then the next time um, I had called because it the Domino's was like less than a mile away and I, it had been like an hour and a half and I'm like hey where's my pizza and she, it was she's like oh my god we're so sorry someone's coming over immediately and she like brought me pizza and then a bunch of other things and it was all free oh I love I that like, Gosh, you. You, you need a Domino's brand deal in 2021 yeah, no, um I yeah the neighbor saga will remain a mystery uh for the immediate future, but I think we're going to figure it out eventually. I feel very hopeful. And for anyone listening, I'm sorry that it just keeps going on and I do want to move, but I actually just retweeted something who um, we worked with Amy from uh, Clever that she um, freelanced for a hot sec. She's really sweet. Before it closed down. Yeah. That she said that that her and her husband got like kept getting denied. They're trying to move. Right. And they're trying to move into a place that is less than what they're paying now. But they need to prove that they make three times what the rent is to be able oh to move gosh, in. And she's so like, annoying. but we can afford the more expensive one now. Why do you ca- like, why? Why care? Why care? And, and then all I can think of is like, I retweeted it. it was like literally the reason I haven't moved because they apparently to move into an apartment that you, I'm like, hey, it's I've like never you missed be- a rent payment in 10 years. And it's like, nope, you can't afford it. Sorry. Honestly, like, I think it's easier to buy a house. I'm Tri- actually not well, kidding. I think it's easier to buy a house. It was so ridiculous. <laughs> and then I had to put down the huge deposit. They wouldn't let Jocelyn even co-sign for me because she had to be making six times what this rent was. And, <laughs> and I, I was at them. Like- I was like, well, I don't have any friends that are, I mean, I might actually, but like, I'm not, not once I'm asking. Right. Like, are you kidding? Like it's so six stupid. times? Like, so this, dumb. And it was ex- like, this isn't a cheap place. So it's like, but the whole point isn't that like, I just disappear and you pay it. It would be like, uh, I guess that is kind of the point of co-signing if I just bailed, but like, it just made no sense. Yeah, no, it's very strange. So I'm Um, really over that too, because otherwise I would have already been gone. One more thing I was going to add that's like playful, fun thing that I'm over. Did you know that, you know, the laughy crying emoji where like the smiley face is like, and there's tears coming out. Like, you know what I'm talking about? The cry laughing emoji. 
Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that only old people use that? that okay. Like, I, I don't get uh, that. Yes. That, like, that's yes, like, I do. But it pisses me off because I'm like, why? I don't get it. That's like. I use it. I mean, I, I know I'm it. old, but like, do you? Yeah. And only sometimes, but like I've gotten made fun of for it. And I'm like, why? When did that become an old person thing? Why? It's just like cry laughing. What do it's you like use LOL. then instead when you're like lulzing? Like what's the other emoji option? I don't feel like there's a laugh. There isn't one. You just yeah, have to say like, we need to investigate. No, I, I don't understand. The young when did that happen? Know. Like last week, I think. <laughs> I think it was like know. last year, but um, yeah, no, I've I've been on the receiving end of some of that criticism, and I just do it anyway because I don't get why people don't even criticize me because, like I said, I am since old, when but are like, there emojis that are like age like I don't know. That's actually really really spoken it's, by it's, a true old person. It's apparently, a new, it's a new moment that we're entering. Although I do know my mom is a major fan of emojis. She's probably texted you before with just like. Of just all emojis. She loves them. They're like new to her, you know? See, my mom is, I like, I feel like they, like younger people act like using that is the same as like how old people will do like K period and not realize that that's like, that's like traumatizing. And I'm like, what did I do? (laughs) My mom, very big. With the K? Like K or fine. Sure. Oh no. Mm -hmm. Always with a period. And I'm like, what, what, what did I? What happened? What did I do? And that's like, she's not mad at all. She just was saying fine. And that's because, yeah. Sometimes my dad sends me texts that are very cryptic. And I'm like, is everything okay? Is anyone like dying? What's going on? And it's always just like, yep, everything's fine. Yep. I have a problem. I text so much. Like when I'm texting, I'm saying it in my head. So I text so much how I talk that sometimes I forget necessarily the punctuation. Yes. And I've had several times in the last couple of weeks. I think I'm just really tired. <laughs> but that's something to Lisa a few times specifically that it definitely did not make sense. And she reacts a certain way. And then I'm all like acting like she's so dumb that she didn't get it. And then I read it back and I'm like, oh, wow, well, that made no sense at all. <laughs> I was like, yeah, sorry, left out a period and a comma. And um, never mind. I'm going to go. <laughs> oh, the grammar police. Um, well, Lil, what do you say that we uh, find out what our listeners are over. Our overshare community is over. Um, by the way, before we jump into this call, if you ever want to be featured on this show, we welcome you. Please call us at 562-661-8729. Leave us a voicemail three minutes or less, letting us know what you're over. We highly recommend that you write it out before you call in just so you have all of your thoughts and your ducks and whatever in a row. And um, let us know your name unless you're like running from the law. In that case, keep it to yourself. Yeah, if you're in witness protection, we don't need yeah, to know. Then don't. But let's listen to today's. Hey, girls, it's Brady. I just wanted to say what I'm so over this week is parking. Now, I'm a college student, so the fact that I have to pay like three to four hundred dollars a year to for my car to exist somewhere. That's absurd. I'm done with it. Can I just park my car in the building? Something. I'm tired of paying for parking. So that's what I'm over this week. But what I'm not over is your podcast. I love it so much. And I it gives me a time every week to sit down and stop worrying about school and just listen to your lovely voices. And I love it. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Brady. Oh, Brady is so nice. And Brady, oh my God, I, ooh, do I feel you on this so <laughs> strongly? Because I don't know where you go to school, but Arizona fucking state, which... 
oh, state school. Guess what? It's more expensive than it would be to go to a private school in California if you're out of state going there. Oh, for sure. So yeah. I'm still out. I'm lots of student debt. <laughs> um, I when I tell you I was one of the only people that had a car, I should have had my friends like all pitch really? in. Your friends didn't have cars? No one did. And I was like, you guys aren't That's like, so it weird. was so, it was so close to be able to drive home. Then I was like, why I, and I'm just a control freak and need also, to Also, it's to, like a huge commuter school. So I feel like everyone there has cars. Well, well and the commuters do. Especially freshmen, sophomore, you don't need one. They got them usually like, as soon as you move off campus, people got them. But on campus, it was like, why bother? Right. And I'm like, true. well, I'm going to be driving home on weekends. And I feel like if I want to go to the grocery store, like that, it just felt like something For I would sure. want. When I tell you that my parking was, I remember because it was scarring and I think my mom probably ended up paying for it. Bless her. But uh, $750. <gasps> Back in for, the early, like for, early days. And then, now so it's probably in, so much more. This was in 2008. And this is for the parking garage directly behind my dorm right arizona state is over it's like miles it's square none of like you can't i well eventually then i move off campus but it was like probably the same distance as where the dorms were apartments you don't have to pay for parking so that was nice but i would have to go to my minimum wage job which i was making at the time 825 an hour Mm -hmm. which (laughs) is so what did they just they're raising it to 15 here it like, should be like $50 an hour. It should, well, it's ridiculous. So I would work probably, I think it was like six hour shifts and $8.25 an hour. It was like two miles from my apartment. So I could like probably like a mile and a half. I could walk that. But I will also say that I got bunion surgery that one year. And also some days like I'd be tired or I worked at 630 in the morning. So it's like walking a mile and a half at 630 in the morning when it's like freezing because Arizona gets hot, but it also gets really, really cold. It does. It would be like 30 degrees. And I'm like shivering, walking a mile and a half. Luckily, but it was that's because the parking ever. pass is so expensive. Because if I wanted to park in the parking garage that was always open, there was never it was never full. It was never like to capacity. It costs nine dollars to park there so i'm like so you're telling me if that's like your I whole paycheck there i'm that's an hour of work already that i'm gonna lose out on just because i'm tired like i had this one friend that was just an angel and i didn't ever ask people to drive me to because it was 6 30 in the morning right yeah but my friend ashley like got how fucked up it all was and how like she's like i wouldn't want to walk that far are you kidding and it would be dark at certain points little angel would come pick me up she'd be like i don't want you walking home alone most of my friends are like oh like you can walk i'm like thanks no i'm thinking now so i went to college like literally 20 years ago um and i think it was like 300 dollars for a parking pass i always had to have one because but did it work everywhere because ours were also specific you couldn't remember. get it for like you had to only use it in one lot so yeah i but don't i don't I don't think they worked everywhere. No, I think there was like zones or like types of parking. Like if you wanted to pay like a lot more money, you could get the better parking lots. But I mean, LOL, my parents were like, yeah, right. But I always had to have a car because I always had at least like one job like off campus. I think living in LA here, one of the things that makes Chris, who's from Arizona, most mad is how much we have to pay for parking just like living here. Like whether it's a meter or whatever. And We have traditionally not gotten any parking tickets because he's on top of the game. But in the last two months, we've gotten like four or five hundred dollars in parking tickets on our own street. 
that I didn't know that I got. And I just got it in the mail and it says that I got it in February. I'm sorry. Why am I finding out about it in Maybe someone's when I'm they like, broke like, someone stole your car. The people no, so who broke into your car was, probably stole your ticket. Or that they just they take people take them off because they're just like assholes. Yeah. Um, that that's happens happened to me too. multiple times. So now I owe like almost four hundred dollars. That is ridiculous. But yeah, parking Brady. Is, we feel you, buddy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that really, really sucks. Um, I it, I would say one of the things that I have t- I took for granted at Clever was that parking most pass. places that I was going that I needed a parking like at a mall or anything because even to go to a mall it's like a few dollars at least I always had our company, company card. card you know what I will say and that I've heard a few of the most low-key lucrative business ventures you can get into owning a parking garage are owning parking garages and structures or lots. and also owning um dry cleaner or not dry cleaners laundry mats because Lisa's roommate's family owns one because you don't really need employees if you own a parking lot or a parking structure uh, you true. have an automated system and if you own a laundromat it's like not mm, necessary to have someone there like, but there'd be like maintenance and stuff of course there. you'd have parking someone come through feels like you're good but i think brady the way that you like get to the man is by re- the sweetest revenge of all which is beating all these people at their own game so you should open your own parking lot i see it for you <laughs> oh my god i just remember i even tried to when i got my bunion surgery we went in we're like hey can i get a handicap pass they to get a handicap pass i was gonna have to pay to upgrade my existing pass and then i could still that only should be use illegal it that should I, be it, illegal literally actually. i thought it, i cried and they still didn't give it to me i'm gonna sue them <laughs> in 10 years in later yeah exactly um okay well brady we're sorry i mean i don't really know what else to tell you just like being an adult stupid that's I just it find other friends that have cars and can <laughs> drop you off so you don't have to pay or split a pass with some or friends. like figure out some kind of like schedule where it's like if you and your friend have opposite schedules that you guys can School like alternate days. pick up picking each other up very smart. Very smart. Anyways, guys, if you want to be on this show again, give us a ring. Give us a holler. 562-661-8729. We'd love to chat and like, you know, just unpack your situation. I'm really big into using that word unpack. And I holler. feel like it's <laughs> holler. Give me a holler. It's like, Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> holla. Um, holla. Or do they, do you say holla? You should like, say holla none of back, the, none girl. Of, no, none of the above. <laughs> Oh my gosh, is it time to hang out with Jarrett Sleeper? I hope so. Let's do it. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
right, you guys. So joining us on the Overshare podcast for the very first time, but actually not the first time on the channel that we have on YouTube is someone who is so multi-hyphenate, so talented. I feel like I just need to list off just like a slight array of what he's into. First off, he is a real Renaissance man who loves the Renaissance fair. Why did I know that that's what you were going to leave with? He's he's an actor. He's an actor. He's a podcaster. Mm-hmm. He's a YouTuber. He's a martial artist. And most recently, a fiance. Mm, yes. <laughs> yes. It's Jared Sleeper, you guys. We're so excited in case you can't tell. Hello, friend. Oh, my God. Hello, friend. Jared, how long this have is... we known you? When did Totally Clever first start? <laughs> I don't know. That's so weird. I was thinking that, too. I was like, I, I mean, five? Yeah, I want to say five <laughs> Jocelyn, years Jocelyn, ago. when did you get kicked off Clever TV? <laughs> I don't remember, but it. I feel like Jerry, you were clever before that. It, yeah, I feel like you were on Clever like forever. Like I don't really remember. I, I remember was. just specifically when, uh, when you started and you and Tracy were. It was like the pilot of the show, totally clever that they did, where the, you guys did it. Like the was the pilot was like the Critics Choice Awards or something, wasn't it? Oh, uh, some something weird. Like it's it was, very we, fancy. Dude, I don't know. It, very fancy. The budget well, was big. The budget was big, considering. Just knowing you now, though, I remember, and I've told you this before, that my first impression, and if you go back, it'll hold up and you'll understand why. He was like, ultimate, like, douchey frat guy. Yeah. Like, that was, I was like, I don't know. I don't like him. And now that would be literally the last phrase I would ever describe you with in my life. (laughs) Well, I'm doing my best to work on that. I'm trying to be. You've been getting away from that image. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, I think I've just I've accelerated past the douchey fratty <laughs> zone into what those guys are in their 30s, which is a guy who spends my weekend organizing my garage. You were is, never uh, a douchey frat guy, though. You're like literally like, oh, I was a butcher. I did this. Oh, by the way, yeah. I'm a comedian. By the way, I did. Didn't you like? I, you've had so many weird I've done jobs. a lot of things. Yeah. I know. No, it is very strange. I appreciate you guys knowing that. It feels nice to hear it out loud because I never know what to say. I recently finished this book of poems that I've been working on for like 10 years. And I was going to really throw ex- in that you're a poet. Well, oh, thank that's you, right. Thank you. Yes. But I'm really excited about that because, well, currently it's like with a, a, a cool agent who's looking at the manuscript and seems very positive. And I'm really like hoping that that gets published because then I can just say I'm a poet and it'll be much easier to explain to people what I do. Uh, and, and it'll, and people will hear that and they'll go, Oh, that makes sense because nothing, you don't make sense. What well, do you think? It, it is crazy you know? because when you first started, even I remember we would get comments on videos that you're in. It's like, Oh, that's metal. And I'm like, what the, f- what does that mean? Oh, Jerry right. has been on YouTube since like the very beginning. And he's been yes. in like videos with millions of views. I feel like you've been in so many huge series, yes. but then you never really built your channel. So it was just well, kind of you popping so up. Weird because even on my channel, I have videos with millions and millions of views. Um, oh, hello, the I, one. <laughs> yeah, but a few of them. There's like a handful of them. And then there's a handful of them that went. I had the moon juice video that went viral uh, on yes. Facebook video. Oh, that and was so a great one. I do think there's a weird the way I've come to think of myself and clever is a good encapsulation of like who I have been through this whole space, this whole time. I am this weird, like ghostly interloper through all of these spaces. <laughs> and I've, I've been able, I feel very privileged because in this weird way, I've been in like strange 
rooms and back rooms and like, you know what I mean? At like VidCon and you and getting to witness all this weirdness close up of the people who are really going through it, but then never. And I've even had the experience of kind of, oh, what's the hot seat kind of feel like, but never with the, you know, I don't know, Zeke and I used to talk about that because Zeke's like my creative partner frequently and we did a lot of the YouTube stuff together. And how strange it is that like, if you added up all these, like I know people who made whole careers off of like a viral video that was a much smaller thing than things we've done, but just, I don't know, for a lot of reasons, like weird inconsistency, a weird sort of, but not an inconsistency of like a failure to be consistent, but of just like my weird inconsistency, like the Renaissance thing. I want to do a lot of things. I was just going to say, I feel like you're kind of a chameleon and then also have bad ADHD. They're all like, I have so many ideas. I want to do all of them. Yeah, but it would be boring ADHD. to just stick to one. Yeah. And, and the ADHD thing actually really does. I don't know. I mean, I, I know that's called overshare. So, I mean, any podcast is like nice that, you know, but I, I mean, I'm going to be mean no matter what. But like, so I'm going to say too much. Great. Go for it. But I You're definitely. In a safe space. <laughs> yeah. I do do you want to think... talk about like pooping your pants? This is your place. Go I was already. T- I was talking about pooping in my pants this morning <laughs> on Twitch. Actually, I started Great. doing these workouts this morning. Fecal Fridays, baby. No, um... even that you you even like you do workout videos too. Like literally, your your repertoire is just all over the place. But you're good at all of it. Well, well, the ADHD thing is the weird. First of all, I do think part of it is like just when I was a kid, I wanted to be a Renaissance person. I just knew that when I was young. I even think like being attracted to acting had a lot to do with that. It was just like, I didn't want to have to fucking pick one. Th- I wanted to do all these things. And if I was a good enough actor, then, you know, they'd send me to like Navy SEAL school to be a Navy <laughs> SEAL in one thing. And then you'd also get to be a painter and something else. You know what I mean? It was just like. You get to quasi like could... try different careers without actually having to commit to them. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. That's something I've always really admired about you. And when I was thinking about like doing this podcast and like even thinking about like what kind of intro am I going to like give for Jarrett? The list is so effing long. And I think that like this false narrative that is starting to change for people who are maybe in the generations below us is that, you know, you go to school, you go to college, you get your degree, then you work at one job for the rest of your life that you totally hate and you want to die. You have never ascribed that i feel like you have Did like you go this to college? freedom like I you have freedom I did some college some college see and then you're like i don't want to do some. it yeah. i want to <laughs> do something else and well, where do you think that comes from like your uh, sense of just like chaos. unbridled like freedom kind of yeah early chaos or early okay. genuinely genuinely from like an early so because when you were saying that i do think you're right i think there's a generational quality to it that younger generations seem more inclined to just follow their hearts in this weird yeah. way but i actually think there's a sort of unpleasant reality that's forcing that which is like in this weird late stage capitalism capitalism we have right like this prop 22 pa- passing and that being a you know, harbinger of the future that like there's no security in your jobs they're going to convince you we all experienced this in all of the digital media endeavors we went right. to which yeah. were these new media things that had no union protections because the union that had fought so hard to make real careers for people for decades and decades and decades just thought the internet was not a real thing and nothing a was going to come of it <laughs> <A whole laughs> yeah. so like yeah sure pay yeah 100 dollars a day whatever you guys want to say <laughs> <laughs> and uh the result Cuts is now when everyone's stuck at home well, that's um, there's no 
incentive for young people and some of us earlier than others had these experiences of chaos that, you know, there's no incentive. Like I can't go work a job every day for 30 years and it'll reward me with a 401k and a health plan and take care of me and have a community. The idea of a career that's going to sustain your whole life and, and take care of you back. And and that the effort and love you put into it is going to come back to you much less like a work week that's restricted, a work week that's actually 40 hours a week that doesn't fucking exist anymore. Now your phone can ding you anytime they want. And there's uh, and and if, and that's even saying if you got a real job that has good labor protections, if you're a gig worker, you know, you switch from Uber over to Lyft when the Uber right. hours run up, yeah. you know, absent that, why would I devote my whole life and being an animus to like some fucking machine that's just going to grind me up? There's no even benefit to it. And so I think you're left with going, well, fine, I'm just going to, if I'm going to live in chaos anyway, and money's going to be insecure my whole life anyway, and I'm going to be, you know, unsure of how anything's going to work out and and climate change, dude, what fucking future is there? The boomers already (laughs) ate up the planet. Then why would you not like try to just do whatever your heart desires and follow those whims and just try to have a good time? So true. Such a good point. Even on like a money aspect, I have said several times over the last few years, mostly because I haven't been able to necessarily be super consistent working because my back and stuff. I'm like, what do people do if you couldn't get like a lump? Like, and I feel so like, obviously, this is not normal for people to be able to do. And I'm so blessed and grateful to be able to have this situation. But like, if I get a brand deal that I could get like a lump sum of money, and that could so, like, get not, you through. And like right now, that's mm-hmm. like w- what is getting me through. But like normally, I wouldn't be trying to depend on brand deals. I'd be trying to like have other sources of revenue that are keeping me afloat. And then that would be kind of an extra. People with salary jobs, you don't get any extra. So it's like if you're only making your salary and that's not enough, like very rarely, even when you're making 100 grand a year, that's living in LA, that's barely. That's it's crazy. Yeah, that barely it's crazy. It. So like Certainly how are these people LA. saving up for houses and like going on crazy vacations? They don't have any other like random source of income that I don't really yeah, keep to can, have access to. Exactly. Luckily, younger generations are more in tune with computers and doing stuff on the internet that I think we also just have access and the skills to do a lot more jobs. Yeah. And it used to be before you had to like really like oh, I'm going to be a lawyer. So I have to dedicate my whole education to becoming that. You could be a YouTuber if you kind of know how to edit and like figure it out as you go. And if you had a good personality, obviously there's work that goes into it. But like, well, I don't even think you need a good personality at this point. Very, very true. Touche. But like, it doesn't require some like years of skills and training to be able to do. And I think innately, especially kids now, two-year-olds know how to use iPads. So I'm like, by the time they are leaving high school, they're going to know how to edit videos. They can do it on their phone. So it's crazy. I think that also just the amount of opportunities that present themselves is like way more that it's kind of overwhelming that it's like, what do you want to do? And it's like, how do I pick? And like, I think people are realizing you don't really have to. You don't have to. No, I think you're right. You don't have to. It's a definitely a double-edged thing. I think there's so many thoughts that came up during that. So I'm trying to figure out where to start. One, I just want to say, I think it's cool. I'm, I'm actually for the notion of an overshare podcast. I think it's cool to talk about money and like, like the strange relationship we have with it, it as our lifeblood, the thing that like allows mm-hmm. us to live and the strange chaos around it. And then how it translates into other, like, you know, psychosexual issues we have about security, about safety, right. about like, you know, I had a really strange 
I think, or unique, privileged sort of view of life growing up, I think, because I grew up in a pretty wealthy suburb. My dad was a lawyer. He's a personal injury lawyer. I did not know that. Well, there, here's the long story. He was a personal injury <laughs> lawyer and made very good money at different points in my life when I was young, especially when I was like approaching my teenage years and my parents' relationship started to dissolve. A couple things came out. Among them were that he had been in, getting into incredible debt and doing some illegal things around it. And part of the reason that happened was also because he was starting to go very crazy. And before he would be prescribed a lot of different medications for bipolar two and uh, ADHD and things like that, that, that really scared me off of psychiatry for a long time. I'm glad I mm-hmm. did it now because it helps it's changed my life fundamentally. He was supplementing with, you know, cocaine and things like that before that. And basically his life dissolved and he got disbarred and all these strange things happened. And as his life was dissolving, my family's like, you know, was, was splitting and having their chaos and this divorce thing. And I just feel like I got this sense of like, there were times in my life when I saw money just easy and casual and around. And then there were times that the electricity and the water was getting turned off. And my dad was, you know, stealing electricity from a a construction site next door and taping up uh, networks of electrical extension cords throughout the house to like, you know, use. And it was just this strange thing of, okay, so you see both of these things and the arbitrary nature of like, what kind of a person, what kind of life you get to have, the chaos or stability that is all predicated on this one totally seemingly arbitrary thing. And then I started getting into acting and stuff like that, even when I was a teenager. And I would be a busboy where I'd like work my ass off all fucking weekend, you know, because I was as a busboy as a teenager, you really were mostly working the weekends. My feet would hurt. Everything would hurt. You barely make any money to do anything, uh, like pay a cell phone bill early, like Nokia brick cell phone bills. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then I'd get a voiceover gig and get two thousand dollars, where I wasn't getting screamed at by a sociopath manager. I was like <laughs> being asked if I wanted a, a, a thing of water or what can yes. I get you? Yeah. And you talk for twenty minutes in a microphone, make two grand, and I was like, okay, so meritocracy cool. doesn't exist, you know, because <laughs> you like my voice. You know, it's weird. I haven't even looked into that much about the minimum wage situation, but I saw a lot of people tweeting about it. And so many people saying like, those are the hardest jobs you can have. And totally. I think the, the myth hard, of unskilled labor is like, <sighs> it's the Such hard disconnect. It's that the idea I think is that you could train anyone that is generally competent to do that job with some training. But mm-hmm. like, for example, you can't train everyone to be a voiceover person. So I do understand that there's like a bit of a value difference in terms of like, not everyone could even with the most training ever, someone might not be qualified for that job. So you are someone they found. But to say that it isn't hard work, and that it shouldn't be paid, like, I agree, any like retail job felt much harder and was more like physically stressful than any other job I've ever had. Well, and also you have to understand like that $2,000 I would get for that voiceover job was something I didn't work like a union. People worked hard to be able to get me that amount of money. And we all have seen that in the absence of uh, collective bargaining and, and years of work and sacrifice from people who came before you, a digital media company, if you don't have a big following that is like something you can leverage, will say, we find, some, we'll find someone else. We're yeah, in LA. You're, you're Fine, replaceable, you're, like your literally. Yeah, yeah, you are. So without the protections, you're not valued. Yeah, I've been in meetings uh, with executives who have felt, you know, fine speaking freely in front of me saying 
that person is replaceable. We could just get rid of them and we'll get someone like them and we'll just hire that person. But I will say even there that a lot of the, that's, I think those executives also have no idea what they're talking about, by the way. So many meetings we've been in where executives are saying that and then they're screwing up the company and making it go bankrupt because they don't understand why anyone's watching. Exactly. Can I get a slow clap for that? Yes, thank you. Also, Jared, I just have to point out the obvious, which is that out of every single guest we have had on this show, the entire history of Overshare, your vocabulary is by (laughs) far the most impeccable. I cannot even imagine what you you and your genius fiance, Allie Ward of Ologies, discuss when you're at home. I don't even know if I would be able to translate the genius conversations you must have. When when she came on, that was my first thing. I go, I just want to know what you guys talk about. Like, I can't imagine because it's probably, it's just endless. Lately, we farted each other. That's oh, become that's our favorite. That's yeah, fun. we like to do that as a bit, and then we and then we like to sort of like wax philosophical about like, are we over? Is this is this ended? Is the romance <laughs> gone? Is it gone now? And then I say, no, I think it's very romantic. I love to think about your butt lips just going like, <laughs> you know, it's very cute. It's very intimate. It's very sweet to me. I love you more than ever. Now I don't know. You know, it is true that Ali's freaking uh, feckin' mind, I guess, is like certainly a huge part of us. Of I mean, we met. We had this whirlwind. It, it was something that was so powerful when I met her that like I was afraid of it and I didn't know what to do with it for a long time. We had a very tumultuous like early years of you know whatever. But the first time I met her, it was like puns and wordplay and the way I've always described my interactions with Ali that even if people from the outside like don't understand it, like and she was afraid of the age difference early on, which I didn't ever think was a big deal, but whatever she's like older than me by like nine years or something like that. It's like uh, or something like that. When you meet someone who goes your pace, and I don't even mean that implies like when I say your speed, I always feel like it implies like a very fast speed, which granted I do think my brain goes a little too fast sometimes. No, just when you're like on the same wavelength. But we're on the same wavelength. Your your rhythms match, and there's something about it. The like level of like to me, one of the things I've always thought about Ali that like repeatedly and always, uh, besides their sense of humor and intellect, is is curiosity. And somebody yes. who's like so curious to their core and so passionate. Like not everybody can get passionate about ideas. Like just a, a, an idea, something you hear about out in the in the world, makes you like organically in your body get excited. Um, not everybody's like that, and Ali is so deeply. And I think those are commonalities that we have that make it, you know, and also to share it with people, which you're amazing at too. And I think you guys are both so generous with yourselves and what you're passionate about. And you have just shared, like just in the time that we've known you, you have shared with us and with people on the internet. So the world, quite frankly, so many of your passions, whether it's like (laughs) Get Jacked, that fitness show we did, um, whether it's like conspiracy theories, were you guys working on that? Don't bring it up. It's still sad. sad. We really are not over it. Well, what I'm saying is that the two of you now, none of us work at Clever anymore. And I feel like the statute of limitations on that concept has far expired. So you all should get together, produce a little situation. You could put it on both your channels, a little cross promo moment. Just the one that I I just told you about. That I sent you Lily has an idea. It's a secret. So you must discuss offline. Well, share with me. I, I just got distracted again because Ali walked behind you. And I, I want to know about the ring because it is so yes. unique. Oh, There's a story baby. behind it. Also, I am I mean, family is so important to you, Jarrett. You're like so close with your family. And like now 
you are merging your families together. Yes. I mean, already are basically. And it's like a big deal. That's and so I, was big deal. For you. I wasn't surprised to hear that there was like a cute ring story, but oh my God. It's like on another level. Oh. Like, right, share it with us, please. Relish us I'm... with the details. Okay. Yeah. This is the ring, by the way. Daddy. Oh my if gosh. You guys. Too, you can see it. It's so pretty. It is so beautiful. Um, I want to see yeah, it so life. She's putting it by her eyes because it matches her it's eyes. It's like the I same guess. color. Basically, I, I, as you both know, and, and probably from all this stuff I've like been saying along the way, I, I'm not like a, I don't feel I'm very materialistic. I'm not like a commercial person. <laughs> I'm really not into like you better get a rock, you know what I mean, or whatever yeah, no. for like that whole thing. But um, I, on the flip side, love ritual. I love artifact, nostalgia, I, I nostalgia, yeah. I think you know meaning. A, a, yeah, workmanship, workmanship, like like the idea of taking something inanimate and making it meaningful symbolism and, and it, you know yeah it's definitely symbolism it's just i don't i don't know i think like magic can be real i mean we're all artists you know what i mean if you think uh, the sum can be more than its parts then that's a thing so i knew if i was going to uh do this and i thought to myself a little while ago i, I didn't for a long time not because i didn't feel committed but i felt like i was a bad bet you know what i mean i've always viewed marriage as like a contract you're asking somebody to enter like it really does have its roots and just like lords joining lands or whatever so uh i was like but i don't want that i want i want it to be and once i got over that and i was just like i just want this as like i love you i want to spend my life with you i love being your partner and I just want to offer that up. It's no no obligation. You don't have to say yes, but you know. That I wanted to create a gem. I love the idea of like taking a gem and imbuing it <laughs> with my heart. And uh, so I, I started figuring it out. So I, like, first things first, I'm very lucky that my sister is a fashion designer out of New York, Samantha I Sleeper. did not know that. And I was like deep in her Instagram page. Jarrett's sister is an amazing like wedding dress designer. Is that yes. what she specializes? She, her stuff is like, insanely beautiful it's gorgeous yeah check it out she moved into like bridal couture and stuff like that and um a while ago and it's really wonderful it's really cool stuff and she's always like worked to be very ethical about everything she does as well even though it's hard it's hard, it's hard if you in the fashion put your manufacturing industry. yeah and, and you want to keep your manufacturing domestic and she was like manufacturing in brooklyn and stuff like that versus you know she visited places overseas and was just like i can't do this i don't want to you know these back She's always been very ethical and she's my family member. And she started doing some collaborations with a friend she went to design school with who does rings. This um, It's called Palm Sunday and also really beautiful stuff and very ethically sourced stuff. She uses recycled gold and all these things. And little did I know also that just through whatever, Allie had already been following Palm Sunday and like loved <gasps> their stuff. And I didn't even Stop. like register. That's yeah, which is very crazy. cool. <laughs> um, and so I just talk to my sister. I was like, can you help me? I want to do this thing. And, uh, the idea came up pretty early that not, cause I obviously first thing is like, no blood diamonds, please. No blood. No, you know? Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I could see like a Victorian maniac being like wanting a blood diamond actually. And being like, <laughs> people died for this, you know, but, uh, I have no interest. That's not yes. what I wanted. Also, Ali's family is from Montana and Montana has, uh, a, like a sapphire industry kind of like people mine sapphires there and sapphires is beautiful blue stone. And usually it's a very dark, dark, dark blue, but there are, you know, grades of it. And Ali has these eyes, these blue eyes that are like a sort of icy sky blue. That's very piercing and very striking. And I think a very, um, iconic to who she is. And I've always loved them poetically and just organically and, <laughs> and, uh, they physically, physically yes. even yes. Yes. looking at them yes. um, they cut you you know they cut you deep and so i was like it'd be cool to find one that matches her eyes 
we found one. I actually found two. I found one and then got another one. Like these loose stones. There's like all these gem sellers that you can find online. And and um, Samantha, my sister, has like some people that she goes to. And so after I picked the ring of the, that that stone, I also wanted it to 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 be have like my family involved in it. My grandmother, she passed very recently, and uh, my grandma was always a really big part of my life. And a long time ago, um, she had these wonderful rings. She she had like a combination of her engagement ring and a wedding ring like all 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 welded together into this one chunky like beautiful very grandma ring and um before she passed away i uh i'm like her eldest grandson too which is was a big deal in her family a way that was like not very nice necessarily to people who weren't the (laughs) oldest but as as like the could do no wrong oldest it was very sweet i didn't have many people in my life who i felt blindly supported and loved me like that so i asked if i could use some of her ring and Oh my gosh! Oh, every this time, is so sorry. Sweet. Uh, pardon me. And she, she said, well, she was kind of nonverbal at that point. Uh, we did it over Facetime, and um, but I could tell I was getting her blessing. It was very like positive, and um, kind of felt like she was saying, "I love you," even though it was like hard for her to do words. So that was very meaningful. So we took a couple diamonds from that uh, that we incorporated into the design, and then went back and forth, just figuring out the design for a bit till we found one we liked. The rest is history. It's in, uh, Palm Sunday put up a really wonderful piece of content too, like after the announcement, like showing how she made it. And it was really fascinating to watch this like intricate process of making something that's so simple that looks so small and pure. And so when I finally got to uh, give it to her, we went to um, this place the first night we met. Uh, we met when I was the butcher. We met on this butcher shop. Did you shop. guys go uh, to the butcher shop? Did well, we didn't go to the like shop. where your first makeout was? <laughs> More than makeout. But we'll just say makeout. We'll just say makeout. Um, the first time we met, uh, we it was just a whirlwind. It was like this. We met on the butcher shop roof, and then after that, went to Harvard and Stone. I, and and I remember sitting at Harvard and Stone and being like, um, you know, oh, sh- I should have got her number. She's not going to show. Blah blah blah. She did show. I was like thrilled. We hung out. And ended up one thing led to another, and we and we went to the woods. We had to this spot in Griffith Park after their clothes snuck in and hung out. So we went Christmas Eve because we're never together on Christmas. I know Christmas proposals are very like cringe for a lot of people, but Allie and I are never together because we're both very family oriented. We always end up with our families, and this time we weren't because of COVID. We were together, and so. I took her there on Christmas Eve and I was so weird about, I just didn't have a good reason. I was like, let's go on an adventure. And she said that she thought I was going to show her some, like, we're going to go look at, you know, houses covered in lights or something. <laughs> but we kept driving. She's like, where are we going? Where are we go-? And And I was like, just, I don't know. She was like, said later, I was acting so weird, which Did I was so Did she say you were acting weird? Because that's what everybody I know always says. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh she my didn't gosh. at the time, but she that's did so like. Funny. Yeah, but anyway, we snuck into the spot and uh, a kind of like also mystical, magical, cool thing that happened was like when we got close to our, we had Grammy with us too. <laughs> and we got close to our spot. These two coyotes ran out of our spot. Like these two, tr- just remarkable, beautiful. And to me, I've, I've always felt like this, I love coyotes. I think they're like, the quality is like a shapeshifter and this creature of the earth and very of LA. I was like, it felt like us. I felt yes, like 10 years like of us spirit. running out. Ugh, it was really cool. And then, yeah, and then we went up to our little spot and she's like, should we sit down? And I, uh, I said, oh, you, you should actually stay standing. Ah! <laughs> and yeah, and I was like, and yeah, and it was, it was just, it was cool. It was so out of body. I don't even remember what else I said, but I got on a knee and I was just like, I love you so much. And we just, oh my gosh. And then, and then, yeah. oh, so, so it was nice. So did you, she nice. didn't expect it at all? She did not seem to. 
it was really wild. It was I was so surprised that she had no idea. I'm glad she liked it because it's also you are kind of all over the place. So I feel like you wouldn't be super easy to like. I don't know. Well, I think we just have our rhythms and stuff too that we're just like, yeah, we're just why you know uh, rock the boat. I don't know, but it just uh, this year has been really wild. I think for everybody, and and COVID probably has been make or break for a lot of people's relationships. And for us, it was really make. I think it was really I love um, that. Yeah, being together so much, and and then with her podcast and things like it's become a real team effort. I love working on her show, and we do that you know weekly and there's just so many aspects of like partnership that have grown and like trying to maintain this home that, you know, she lives in this wonderful home and trying to like help make a home out of it. Cause she's so busy. And I don't know, it just turned into this lovely partnership and then Grammy and our dog that I was like, I, I it, you know, some people were stuck in lockdown and couldn't wait for a 10. I feel like they were like, we're going to extend lockdown another, you know, th- month, three months. And we were like, cool. It was great. Let's stay in the spaceship. You like know? a sleepover. But I love yeah, that. Jared. I, I, cause I got married and it's funny. Cause Allie and I talked about this a little bit on our podcast when she came on. Cause Chris is younger than me and Chris mm. never refers to me as being older. He only refers to me as being wiser. He says, <laughs> you are the wisest woman I have ever dated. Cause I'm literally the only person he's ever dated. That's even older than him. And I'm like, good call, buddy. That's great. But I got Uh married at 37, which I guess like is on the older side, but also like what is age, right? Because I never cared. But something you said really resonated with me that it's about the sum rather than the parts like our us being together. And that's always what I was like looking for was like, can my can I be better together with someone than I am by myself? Because I feel cool. I can feel good by myself. I feel okay. Mm -hmm. And usually historically relationships Mm -hmm. had always just brought out the worst in me. I don't know why. (laughs) Um, So I think that's like what it sounds like you guys are just such a great team together. You're able to do a lot together. And I think bounce off each other and inspire each other in work and in life too. Yeah, I think we definitely both uh, have some qualities that the other one uh, needs to learn more about. And uh, I know I feel like I'm, I learn so much from like just how she is that are hard things for me. And so there's definitely a sense of like lock and key sort of ness to that. But I also think, well, a couple of things came to mind. One was there's an old like cliche thing that I think really is true. That's like other relationships I've had in the past kind of feel like staring at each other and uh, that the energy goes inward and you can never really grow. You can't stay there forever. You'll burn out or lose interest or something. Uh, but that a real like partnership feeling is that that gaze is both directed the same direction or, you know, off to the horizon somewhere mm-hmm. and that you have somebody to like dream with and who supports your dreams and helps watch your flanks and guide you. And like, that's really the, the ability to grow is, is the thing. And for us, you know, what we said earlier is like, man, we were, we were close to losing a lot of friendships over our relationship. Like we were such a nightmares for so long to the point that like, I would tell nobody to like recreate what we did. Uh, you know, but I do think there's an interesting thing. I feel like, um, you know, we have this, we do have this cancellation culture feeling and this, and more than that, like in the name of mental health, a sort of like cut toxic people out of your life kind of thing. That's pretty, pretty like a blanket that we're all, um, and I remember Ali saying one time to me, you know, you know, privately that like, it was weird that you would see whenever there was a prominent suicide that everyone would say, reach out to people in your life, check in on people who are, you know, you do, you don't check in with blah, blah, who are probably depressed and having a rough time, or maybe you're very negative and difficult to be around things like that. Um, they say that whenever this stuff happens, but then the rest of the year, they're all going like, cut toxic people out of your life. Yeah. Cut toxic people out of your life. That's such a good point. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that there's this nuance to everything that is like, well, we do need to allow room to grow in people. And I think there is a possibility if there are good faith efforts that people really are trying their best and doing work to change and be better and looking at them, like not just blaming their partner for every bad feeling or bad action that they take, that you can grow together. And Ali said it on the way out kind of glibly, but like truly both getting diagnosed with our, she got diagnosed with anxiety, pretty bad anxiety. And I got diagnosed with severe ADHD and depression, getting appropriately medicated for it, being more conscious of those things, how those things could affect a relationship. And so you don't just blame each other for everything. You don't, you don't even blame like when they're being an asshole necessarily, you go, Oh, I can tell now sometimes this is a thing you have, like as if you had diabetes, if you had an right. insulin problem mm-hmm. and we don't have to, we don't have to say it's, you're a bad person. I'm a bad person. And that you kind of grows, to deal with it. well, you, you learn to deal with Except it, but it. also to, <laughs> and not blame, not just say, Oh, it's okay to have it happen. Yeah. You go, no, no, I'm constantly trying to, uh, negotiate my mental illnesses. So they're not just me throwing my hands up and going like, I- I'm like this, I'm this way. Yeah. You can't change me because it's medical. You know, that you say, no, I don't. That's a big pet peeve I have as somebody, you know, who I, I kind of stopped doing good, bad brain, but doing mental health stuff for a long time. A, a real big pet peeve I have about like pop culture, mental health stuff is that it is often to me very self-justifying and that it's, it's used as an excuse to say like, I shouldn't have to answer for any of my stuff or I should just get a pass all the time in the name of self-care or something like that. And I do think that you need to be patient with yourself and forgiving of yourself. And, and, but you also need to ask for forgiveness for other people and earnestly be trying to be better, like yeah. earnestly not be letting your demons run the ship uh, for that to count, you know? And I think and that's that like really hard. Out. I think that's really hard work, you know, it's really hard work. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, okay. Well, we could go on with this forever. Uh, We've we already been talking yeah, to you, you for over an hour, but Jared, <laughs> we have one more second that or one more segment that we would like you to stick around for. Are okay. you down? Okay, great. Let's do it. <laughs> no, I'm really busy. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this last segment is called share. Well, it's like, we okay. share something and say farewell at the same time. You know, oh, you get it. Cute, I see. Right? Share cutesy. well. Uh-huh. We're so cutesy. Um, and so in this part of the show, we each share one thing, big or small, whatever you want it to be, that brought you joy this week. Um, well, okay. I feel like, Jerry, you'll be interested in mine. This is like a little bit of, uh, it's not, usually we share something positive, which like it was, it's a positive in somewhat. Basically, I discovered a new um, like cult situation that had happened back in um, I think it was like the fifties in Box Canyon. <laughs> that I don't know about you, this. It did Wait, bring you joy. It did I, bring you joy because you texted me like a million photos of like it, the scariest things I've ever seen. Well, so I, I sent you a bunch of other stuff too. But so I was looking into the Manson stuff, which I knew always oh, was cool. in San Jose, uh, Santa yep. Susana Pass, and. My dad, when we were little, used to like, I guess it was like on like Sundays or something. I don't know. This is like a story my mom told us that on like Sundays, he would let her sleep in. And so he would like take me and my sister for a drive. Well, not surprising. The man that showed me Psycho at age five and let me watch Are You Afraid of the Dark when I was like four. Oh, yeah. Took us through Box Canyon and described it as the scary place. <laughs> and wow. Like, what? Like, did he ever tell us what happened in the... I don't know. I don't remember any of that. But the scary place is because that's where Manson and his family used to hide out when they were like on the run uh, from the cops. Oh. They would live in the caves. But Whoa. while I'm researching all of that, I find out that there was another cult that they like kind of overlapped with. They stayed on their property a little called the Fountain of the World. And they were like 
this crazy religious cult, the sign of the commune Ugh. is still there. And like the front door, like you can go, ex- like it's not private property. You can go check it out. And it's literally oh the creep. The reason it ended, it was a 22 acre commune in Box Canyon. Is it and for sale? I are you at the market? <laughs> I, I think it, I think it's like a. Well, Johnson, you guys are flipping properties now. Yeah, I we mean, can flip that. Uh, I'm sure know, someone yeah. would love to buy a place I think like that. All like you like know? Rehab 22 it. haunted acres. I think it'd be I great. They're like state, <laughs> like park or landmark. It would be a now. good Airbnb. Actually, people would want to go stay there. That's I told true. someone that recently, and they were like, "Oh, but I don't know, haunted." I'm like, "That would people make people love stay that here shit. more." Yes. Are you kidding? Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm not okay, one of yeah, those people, but, but so people do. This ends. They were there for like, I want to say like 10 years. And I guess they were like weirdly helpful at times. They used to walk around barefoot and there was some plane crash that they like would come out of the hills in their barefoot and they'd help people and bring water. Super weird shit. But um, cool. apparently it ends because two of the husbands of two of the women that were a part of it thought that they were sleeping with the cult leader. And they suicide bombed it and killed like 10 of them. And now what? it's just like, uh, so there's like bomb wreckage. And then I guess there was that a fire there. That is so later. weird. How is there not that a movie is, made about this? That all happened so 20. And when I Google it on your search on YouTube, there's like nothing on it really. Did this there's happen like, recently? In the 50s. Oh, yeah, sounds okay. like some 50s but shit it, so, for and sure. It's all just- Wait, this, wait, wait. It happened in the 50s? It happened before Manson? It, yeah. Like during. Manson was Grand after, was right? Wasn't he 70s? I don't know what well, the was like 60s, 70s, right? Yeah. Was it yeah. 60s? Well, so then it was, yeah, yeah 70s, 60s, Beginning, I think. or I don't know. It, Crazy. It at one point overlaps because the property is huge and it had I was talking to my friend too. about this earlier, uh, related to the, not that specifically, but related to this. And I've been watching Twin Peaks and stuff like that. Oh, and sometimes yeah. I do, oh, I love it. I, I, I knew <laughs> I would love it. It's so on the nose to be like, wow, I love this. This really is the greatest TV show that ever. How the fuck was this on CBS? <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> But there is something I do think there are sometimes like it's weird to think that place ended up being the Manson place too. Like it's sometimes nope. it does feel like there are primordial evils that just oh, live I, in the I, I that. This is my yes, whole thing I want to talk to you it. about because I started with searching all of it because the Santa Susana Pass is home to the Santa Susana Pass laboratory that has used to be nuclear testing and every oh, I'm like from the area, oh everyone gets God. cancer and dies. Like that's a huge thing right now, and they still I are mean, not. It's been decades, and they still have not really. Lily, you taken... need to go Aaron Brockovich on this situation. That's, Dude, that's, that's, that's like literally Twin Peaks. It, I mean, like it's insane. That, like, like it's literally twenty yeah, minutes from my house. That there was there was yeah primordial evil that was like unleashed with this nuclear bot like the and most that all started evil like you could create sooner, like back even sooner and oh, it was like it was God. an empty area it was safe and then now everything is like there's houses within ten miles of where everything was. Well, that's a very unique thing to have brought you joy this yeah, week. Yeah, exactly. But I very unique. You know, very niche. You know what I mean? It didn't bring me joy, but it brought me a lot of um, fascination. Uh, adrenaline. It gave you some tingles. Some body, yes. you're, you're in your army hammer. It made me feel self. alive again. Uh, wow. Jared, we just what about you? Do okay, I did come one? up with something. Okay. I did think of something. Okay. Um, I like I said earlier, I am uh I, I personally believe being a dad and daddom has nothing to do with having children. It just has to be do with being like a, a certain kind of uh male life phase in your thirties. Yes. And uh, are I you in, love, are you in daddom? I definitely think so. I think oh my I'm gosh, deep I in daddom. That. Oh love yeah, it. I'm like in love. I mean, Grammy's like my favorite. She is my little baby. But also, <laughs> uh, 
I love working on my garage so much. Yes. And since being in this house, I'm like increasingly handy. And it's mm-hmm. like, it starts as a slippery slope. It's like when I lived in apartments in my whole life, I was like, uh, I wouldn't even hang something in drywall. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yes. know how to hang up a piece I, of paper. That's, that's weird to me. Out. I feel like you seem handy. I know. I know. It's just like something about business. And then it started here, like small. I started like, oh, I'm going to put a dimmer switch on this light switch. You know what I mean? That's kind of complicated just, though. Honestly, dude, like doing stuff where it's like, not, oh, I got not, this cool gadget. Check it out. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You just kind of increasingly, uh, for my birthday, I got a big bag of tools. I tore down the porch. I started building other, I, I built this. Have you seen the live edge table that I built for Ellie's? Oh my gosh, uh, you built a live edge table? Oh yeah. Here, Are you taking you right commissions? Now. Oh my gosh, you should start taking commissions. I will, if you want. Commissions. You ever seen my table? Oh I my gosh. This, oh where'd my you get the, where'd you get the tree? Oh, there's a wonderful angel city lumber also this is kind of cute is, is that uh, in downtown but oh, did you yes. carve your there's a little cave in here and i put a little bear and fox that's me that and Ellie. Oh, so the table. but it's like a live edge table I, it's a very unique piece you can see it's got this like y bend uh, in it Love i it. went on a date uh, with angel someone that made one of those and i was like can you marry me <laughs> yeah it's fun it's a really wonderful experience uh angel city lumber downtown it takes like uh, basically they work with, there's like 20 different tree removal services around LA and they get in contact with them and say like, Hey, instead of turning that old, uh, that's, I think, uh, you, mm, I forget, but like uh, Samuel ash, instead of turning that into wood chips, let us take your Samuel ash tree. And they have a huge real kiln and things. And they cure all these planks to make them things you can use for like years at a time. It's amazing. And, and they're from around LA. It's very cool. Angel city lumber. But anyway, so the thing that brought me joy this week is I really do love, I'll just take a little tour, because I do love like my garage and working on my garage. And so it started as like just a little bit at a time of, of like putting all these uh, pegboards oh, in. You oh are my full. gosh. You are a you're dad. Oh yeah. You are so dad very, mode. Very recently, I built this workbench. I finally built myself That's a amazing. solid workbench. And this week, my friend gave me a vice, a vintage old vice. And I added what? it to the table. And then also this light fixture I had just sitting around from Ikea. Uh, is I, I rewired it so that it has a plug. You can see all it your was, tools. Yep. Yep. It's, it's oh. like a fixture that's supposed to just go onto a wall like a lamp. But I stripped the cords and I added an extension. Co- and now it's Look a plug at in. You. Jared, wow. we need you to come help us like on some of our projects. At yeah. some point. I built these. I built these shelves. Wow. I built, this one I'm really proud of because all my stuff used to rip out of the wall. And now I feel like pull-ups on this Did you thing, find you know? those studs? Did you get a stud finder? But I use a stud finder. I'm getting better with the stud finder. And then, uh, and also I'm like, cause that was all just scrap. I had like scrap left over and I That's was like, oh, amazing. Yeah. You're so a wood I'm whittler dead. now. Yeah, you're a no, wood I'm whittler. like uh, mentally noting oh, here, that you you're see, handy you now and I'm going to call you to help. Here, I, I've carved this pipe for myself. That is uh, so out of, out actually wild. One piece of wood. Yeah, what, I've been getting what, really you in, smoke in weed out of it. <laughs> yes. That is actually really impressive and beautiful. I would, I would like a whittled pipe. <laughs> oh my god. I'm trying to oh, get could better you whittle at me it. a bong? Ooh, I wonder if I could. It could be I, small. Maybe it would be a long project, <laughs> a bubbler, but I would perhaps. love to try it. I would love to try it. <laughs> my dream is to do it eventually. Like I that one I'm proud of because it's one piece. It's not perfect. It's like I'm I'm just gonna keep working on it. But that's that brought me joy was getting the lamp, the lights to work and the vice. And I just like love building things. I, that's, that's so, so cool. Nice. Because human beings, we are creative. Like well, I, and, and yeah, that, I love that, that makes you like innately like you're being productive and you're getting that satisfaction of like finishing something. Yes. And one of my best friends, uh, he's got like a little machine shop that like uh-huh. he's set up over the years just for his hobbies. He he used to like repair uh espresso machines for like uh, 
his job and stuff, but he's just so handy. And I've been going and doing projects and stuff with him there. And we talk about this thing. We talked about this thing one time about like, just like some objects just have a joy in your hand. Like there is like a, a joy to holding a well-made object that is made to do a job made to have a function but is also aesthetically pleasing and also just has like the right kind of heft and there's something to that that i think is uh i don't know i think it's very deep in us as as like primates who like are these naked apes out in the world that are so vulnerable but like we can turn rocks into you know hammers and knives and pots it's crazy it's amazing it's actually amazing yes very deep in us to to find a joy in not just making but making things that allow you to make other things you know that there's this yeah, it's very exciting. And they to make seem a like they object. seem like small things, but I always say, and I feel we've like we've talked about this a lot on this podcast, like the little things, especially right now in this world that we're living in, in this climate that we're in, the little things like are the big things. They all add up, and the little things are like oh. our life and what are actually happening right now. So it's okay oh. to, it's actually amazing to find joy in the little things because that's what actually is going on right now. Um, okay, well I'm gonna end this on a, on something that is a little thing, but I'm all about the little things. I had the most delicious jalapeno cornbread. Mm. Um, you know, I'm not deep enough into cornbread. I think like, see, I love. I, I need to get into things that are made with cornbread. Ooh. And I've gotten very into cooking during quarantine and like maybe the last few years. And Give me some stuff, some greatest hits. Oh, what have you been doing? Oh my gosh. Okay, so Jarrett. Last week, I made this hearts of palm pasta that was chef's kiss. Oh, yes. Bomb. The one that I told you you were demonic. For <laughs> chef's no, yes. 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 Um, Jarrett told that me I was very good. I was demonic for the way I was eating it because I was taking bites and then, and then I had dessert. Oh no, it's Um, my favorite thing. It's wonderful. I finally learned how to, so of course, you know, I worked at Outback Steakhouse for many years. So I've taken finally all of the lessons I learned there and brought them home. I'm kind of like good at making filet, like meat now. Very good. Yes. Very good. That's, that's actually, that's nothing to sneeze at. So it takes, uh, I do believe it's hard. It takes a certain confidence, dare I say, swagger to do meat well. Because and you a have pan. To have it, the, takes, it takes the cast iron. You got to have a yes, good a cast good, iron. A good pan helps. You do need a pan that can get high heat and retain that heat 100%. Mm-hmm. But also, you need to know how to not touch it. Yes. You need to yeah, know that's my meat problem. cooking. Yes. Meat cooking, you, you have to respect it was alive once. You have to let it have its dignity. You have to let it have its space. And, and uh, I'll tell you this. Look. Anybody out there who cooks meat, I was a butcher. This is coming from a foreign butcher. I'm, I'm very good at cooking meat, I will say right now. All protein, really all cooking, but especially protein, it's it's got to be slow. It's a sear rest, roast rest. You yes. need to allow for all kinds of resting times because it's all temperature management, heat management, understanding how heat works, meaning that you can add it all in and it takes time to add in. It also takes time to come out. And just because yep. you take it off the heat doesn't mean it stops cooking. <sighs> See, I'm too busy to try to, I'm trying to understand conspiracy theories. I don't have any brain room for cooking. <laughs> I'll make you dinner. Don't worry. <laughs> it's all the same. But, but anyway, but that's actually, wonderful. Yes, it takes swagger. It takes confidence. It takes technique. I'm so happy that that's very good. Like I said, chef's kiss. And ooh, and that is, is that the alcohol you've been handcrafting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to share because our cooking projects in COVID, I, I made this uh, liqueur. It's a it's a walnut artichoke liqueur. Just been a busy bee. But I was mostly happy just about getting into like the shrink the wrapping corking. of the top. And That's we nice. made these little, uh, we made these little by 2020 things. But um, whatever. That was cooking. impressive. That was I, re- COVID I remember, cooking projects. I remember seeing that on your Instagram and being like, I know, like, I bring you some. What the heck? Like, I, I'm not even surprised because I feel like, you're the kind of person, and this is a compliment, by the way, because 
gosh, I hate being judgmental, but like, I really respect people who are not lazy in like their learning and like their passion for like new things. And you're not, you're always like, mm-hmm. I made wine. Then I did a workout. <laughs> then I went over here and I was on like a TV show that like, I love that. I think it's so cool. I love oh you guys. Gosh. Thank you for having well, me. Well, we love it's you, really Jarrett. We're your biggest fans. Congratulations Same. on you. your betrothal. It's so exciting. I, I hope you oh, have a Renaissance you. Fair themed wedding because I feel like it's oh. only right. And um, <laughs> yeah, you guys be sure to follow Jarrett and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Please rate us, leave us a review because like we're desperate for that. And also um, that's how it, people find it us. Just, so it would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this show's over. Salutations. Salutations. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.